Hey everyone, this is Adrian Vieira from Deepos Church. I'm a C20 leader and I'm back for another devotional. So this week we're going to be looking at Psalm 3, the title being Dealing with Adversity. Something I wanted to point out is that this is the first one to be called a psalm, or the actual word being mizma, which means plucking strings. Now this is David's personal lament, which shows us that he's actually having an honest conversation of his difficulties with God. This is something that we can try to exemplify when we're facing adversity. We need to understand that God is truly the only one that can help us overcome adversity. So let's take a time to actually read the passage um, so that we can delve really into God's word. So it starts like this. O oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill, Salah. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salah. So, when we look to verse 1 and 2, we see that in this moment, David is accepting the fact that there is conflict, that there is an actual issue. But he does it in a way that is very direct. He refers to God as Lord, and this is a very direct approach. This is a very direct way of coming to God at that time. And the point being is because at this point, David has been uprooted. Like his life has been completely uprooted because um, one of his sons, Absalom, is persecuting him because he wants to be now king. So Absalom wants to be king and he has to kill his father to be able to do that and to, to get rid of him. And so, um, even amidst all of this, we see that David still believes that God is present and caring for him. And so, we look at Absalom, it's, it, he's not present, but we look at Absalom and, and what he's, the part that he's playing in this, and essentially to overthrow his, his, his father is that he manipulates people. He convinces people of turning against David. Um, and, and when David is pointing to the fact that there is many enemies, it, it, it is a sentiment of, of feeling overwhelmed, but it's also the fact that Israel, the nation that he had been serving, now were no longer believing in him anymore. To the point that these enemies scoff at him when he's looking at God, uh, they're saying, well, God doesn't care. Like, you're being silly to even try to look to God because he, he doesn't, care about you anymore in a sense that's that's kind of what they're saying um he, people are believing that he's beyond help at this point but david's response comes out in four different ways the other thing i wanted to point out is that every two verses we see the word selah which um comes throughout the whole bible and it actually means to lift up which can be seen as a form of worship, like raising your hands, raising your voice to him, uh, um, and, or, or, or the other significance that it has is 
a pause, like a small break, a moment of silence, a moment to meditate. In both cases, it's really just centered in God. So verses 3 and 4 are an affirmation of David's trust in the Lord. He shows confidence. Now, how does he do this? Well, David is aware that he is facing a lot of problems, but his focus is fully on God. He talks of God as my shield. David knew he was in danger, but God was his shield. In generation and in, in, sorry, in Genesis 15:11, Israel's king is actually called to be a shield for the people. We understand now that the king is truly Jesus, who is God, and so God is truly the shield of people. He's the protector of people. And this is a protection that goes all around. I mean, when we look at a shield, we realize that it only protects one side of the body. But this is a shield that goes all around our body, bodies. So if you think about, um, uh, think I don't know if you guys ever watched the movie Bubble Boy, um, but it's this guy who, if he comes in contact with the air, like the, the normal air outside, he will die because his, his immune system is very weak. And so he makes himself a plastic bubble where he is protected from any form of particle in the air. He does this so that he can go stop a wedding. But the, the point being is that it, it's the image of being in a bubble being protected by all form of attacks. I'm sure that some of you would like to be in a bubble today with all COVID stuff. Um, and the other thing that David does in, verse, in, in verses 3 to 4 well, three, three, yeah, three to four, is that he looks at God's glory. Now, Scripture points to God's glory throughout the entirety of it. Glory is something that they really relied on, something that they took pride on, and that they were, they were very thankful for. And and we see that truly David's glory is 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 to say that all of it uh, is. His entire glory is really God's glory. What I mean by this is that he's looking to God. Glory is something that is magnificent, something that is beautiful, something that you're proud of. Well, he is proud of knowing God, and this is something that we as Christians have to emulate. And we can feel encouraged in times where we are depressed, we're feeling lonely, or we are feeling discouraged, because we understand that putting our trust in God means that he can lift us up. Now, when we come to verses 5 and 8, we have an anticipation of victory. So this is a time of celebration. Now, David obviously is not out of the woods at this point, but he looks at the small victory still. He woke up that morning and was like, oh my gosh, like God actually protected me. Nothing happened to me throughout the night. And this is a way to show gratitude and to be aware that God is truly present. This is a parallel to when Jesus was sleeping through the storm. There's a sense of trust in the Father. And this idea of trusting Him, of seeking His will, makes it so that God ends up working in our behalf. This is something that our Father truly promises to us. In verses 5 to 6, we see a sense of security. 
Now, it starts off with the idea of fear. There's a great number of people and there's a lot of reasons to be afraid. And today we have a great number of reasons to be afraid. I mean, there's the COVID, there is uh, the discrimination that is happening in Minnesota, um, which is spreading around the world. There's uh, violence, there's wars, there's injustice. There's so many things that are happening in the world. But Jesus teaches his apostles not to fear those who can only kill the body. Because what we have is something that is beyond killable by human hands. What we have is eternity, something that God has given to us. And so we can't be stopped by just mere viruses, by people treating us differently, by people hurting us, by people attacking us. Hmm. And so that's why when we're being harmed, when we're being attacked, when we're being oppressed, we can look to God for strength. And then verses 7 to 8, it's, it's talking about salvation. So it starts off with, Arise, O Lord! Now this was an ancient battle cry from Israel. And it, it is, they said this when they took the ark out, like when they took out the ark. Now, this is not to say that God was asleep at any point. This is more like realizing that God was actually working this whole time. And they do this prayerfully. And that's what happens when we spend time with God in prayer, is that we realize that even though we, we sometimes don't see things that He's doing, He is still there, present, and working. Now, as Christians, we need to... Um, have in mind God's victory at all times. Sure, we're going to face things that sometimes we're going to feel like we failed, but as long as we have in our focus God's ultimate victory, then we know that we're going to be okay. And so that comes, that, that is also the case when people are being, when people are attacking us and we want to get revenge, we want to attack back because of injustice, but we know that God's victory comes above that, that God's victory has defeated all evil, and we can put our trust in that. And we are to remember our salvation, which is a deliverance that God has provided to us. So let's take a time to pray. Um, Father God, thank you so much, Lord, that no matter when we're going through difficult times when things seem so scary, when we feel like we're receiving so much pushback, Lord. We know, Father God, that you're working, that you are present, and that you are watching over us, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for the salvation. Thank you for the victory that you have already had, Lord. That you have promised us a life to be able to experience your glory forever, Lord. And this is something that we can find comfort in, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we constantly look to you, Lord, that we focus our attention on you when things are not going well or as planned in our lives, Lord, that we may lift our eyes to you, God, knowing that you are sovereign and that you are watching over us. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus.